Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Now I know what you said about my socks, how bright they are. Um, they're, they're happy, happy Father's Day socks. Yeah, they're my happy Father's Day socks. They're Australian <laughs> merino, made in Australia, and my daughters gave them to me. And um, yeah, I wanted to wear them Loud today. Loud proud. It's Father's Day. It's Father's Day. <laughs> you can do whatever you want on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, guys. Yeah. Um, I hope you're enjoying it. So we're just going to gather around the word this morning and that scripture that I just read out earlier about, you know, the, the, what enormous love the, the Father has lavished on us, mm. that he has now called us sons and daughters of the living God. And that is who we are, children of the living God. And so good. That, that is profound. If we could just spend time um, meditating on that and allowing that to get into our spirit, not... You know, there's so much toxicity and there's so much caustic stuff going along around in the world at the moment um, that we don't get time to really um, rest and allow ourselves to to listen to heaven because mm. heaven's always speaking. The you know the Father and Jesus are the Word and the Word speaks. it speaks. Mm. That's that's its identity. That's what it does. So um, it's interesting. I. Socrates made a statement and he said, the unexamined life is not worth living. Mm. And um, Pascal, who was another scientist back in the 1600s, and I better open my notes so that I, I'm getting this right. He, he made a statement and he said, you know, it's a fairly broad statement, but he said, all of humanity's problems stem from one's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. And... Being able to sit quietly because so many people are afraid to be alone with their own thoughts mm. and um, a lot of people don't want to sit quietly because what um, other yeah people have spoken on is that what happens is you start thinking about mistakes, you start thinking about errors or things you could have done better and then anxiety overwhelms us because how can we fix it? But that's where Jesus said, cast your cares on me because I care for you. Mm. And that's where we say how great and awesome is the love of the Father who has lavished extravagant love on us that he's called us children. And what father does not want the best for his children? And so today we're going to be talking about, well, actually examining our lives a little bit mm. and also, yeah, the perspective of a father. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing is that even when we're alone with our own thoughts, we're never alone. That's true. The, the yeah. Father is always with us. So that's not a scary place to be. No, from a spiritual perspective. Yeah. That's, you know, we're not talking just from a, you know, a, a broad perspective here. We're, mm. we're talking from a, a Christ identity, a spirit-led and a father-oriented existence. And mm. to be honest, that's what everyone has. But it's only those that truly receive the gift of Jesus that enter into the fullness of that. So, again, an encouragement today, receive that gift. Mm. Receive that gift. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to look at a story today of a father and son, um, the story of Absalom and David. Yeah. So this that, is an interesting yeah. one. So um, there's, there's a lot of really good gems to be found mm. in, in this story. Um, the title of our message is Stay Out of the Woods. Yeah. Stay Out of the Stay. Woods. So that, that will be explained as we go along. But we'll give you a bit of a, uh, um, a backstory 
into Absalom. Go for it. Because it covers a few chapters in the Bible, but but it kind of starts in 2 Samuel chapter 13. So um, the backstory is that uh, a story of Absalom really begins when his older brother, who was first in line to the throne, Mm. um, disgraces Absalom's full sister, Tamar. So... Amnon was Absalom's half-brother because they had different mothers. Um, Which was the culture back then. But Amnon, who was infatuated with Tamar, who was Absalom's full sister. And Amnon's half-sister. And Amnon's half-sister. Acted dishonourably towards her, disgraced her, and then Absalom took her into his home to pretty much care for her and protect her after that. Because all her... um, Prospects as far as marriage and the you know the life she should have had was not going to happen mm. after that time. So um, it says in Second Samuel thirteen twenty two, and hopefully you guys will follow along with us as we um, touch on a few things across a few chapters because this story goes on for a little while because it's an important it's an important story. Well, it wouldn't be in the Bible if it yeah. wasn't important. Yeah, and, and especially with blended families today. It's always um, tricky, isn't it, it? It is really tricky. Lots of dynamics. There's lots of dynamics in there. And this this was more than a blended family. This was like um, a family that had been put into a vitamizer. Yeah. <laughs> there were so many kids to so many different wives. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's not really the way that God ever meant it to be. No. And, and that's why there's always uh, interesting issues. Mm. Um, so we can take a lesson from that, number one. Yes. <laughs> but um, so it <laughs> we'll says in Second Samuel... 13.22, that Absalom, he didn't actually say anything to Amnon at the time no. that this incident happened, but it says that he hated him in his heart. So he mm. held he held something against his brother. Straight away. Mm. And, then, and then we jump ahead two years, two years down the track. And it's interesting that at this point, David hasn't done anything about this situation. He hasn't intervened. He hasn't disciplined his eldest son. He hasn't done anything to put it right. And so Absalom then takes it upon himself yes. to do what his father didn't do. Should have. Oh, well, well, he goes a step further. He does. And he actually um, plots to kill his brother. And he murders him, yeah. Because of what he did to his sister. Mm. Yeah. So, and then... Um, Absalom flees. He goes into exile because obviously he's murdered his brother. He can't he can't stay around. So he takes off. And um again, we don't hear that David does anything yes. to either discipline Absalom or to try and rectify the situation. Mm. He just kind of leaves him um in exile. Leaves him in exile yeah. until um the leader of his army intervenes and brings Absalom back. But it says in 2 Samuel 13.39 that the spirit of the king longed to go to Absalom. Mm. So he was grieving for the death of one son. He was grieving for the absence of another son. Who, who he loved. Like he yeah, loved who, he loved his and, sons. And Absalom was a bit of a pretty boy. Yeah, you know, he was yeah. A favorite. He was a bit of a pretty boy. We're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. Um, <laughs> but it says that the king longed to go to him, 
and because he was consoled concerning Amnon's death. So he'd had time, he'd had time to grieve for one son and now he was really starting to miss the other son. And after three years, Joab, um, he was a loyal friend of David's. He was the captain of his army. Mm. He actually um, went and saw Absalom and brought him back to Jerusalem. But then it, it says that still there was another two years where David refused to see him because he was in so much grief yeah. about ha having his family torn apart that he didn't see Absalom for another two years. So this whole situation left Absalom feeling resentful mm. and rejected yeah. by, by his father. And, you know, he was, he was hurting over that. And David was pretty passive about the whole situation, but I, but it makes you question. Why. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did he feel inadequate to deal with his son's moral failings because he had his own moral failing? Yeah. And maybe he didn't feel like he had the authority to address them when he had done a similar thing himself. Because he had failed. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So there's um, always reasons why things fall apart, aren't there? There is. And it's interesting, like, as we go back to an unexamined life, you mm. know, life um, isn't worth living. And, mm. and looking at this, um, David, like, so Amnon raped his half-sister. Mm. David raped Bathsheba. Mm. Absalom murdered, plotted and murdered mm. Amnon. Yeah. David plotted and murdered his... Um, I've forgotten his Uriah. name now. Uriah, Uriah. you know, yeah. um, Bathsheba's husband. Yeah. And so it was a pretty mixed up. So it was mixed up, up, but there, you can see similarities and mm. parallels there. Yeah. And why David probably felt, I can't speak into this situation mm. because mm. I have had these failings as mm. well. But mm. who better to speak into it? Someone who has yeah. overcome. Yeah, that's and right. Has, and learnt and from learnt his mistakes. And from the mistakes. Yeah. Um, and isn't that one of the best things we can teach our kids is, yes. hey, don't make the same mistake that <laughs> I made <laughs> as, as mothers and fathers. Yes. Um, you know, I went down this road and I learnt this lesson the hard way and I want to save you from that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was young, I, said, I was very adamant when I was around 15, I had a, someone who I looked up to, they, they made a really big mistake in their life and mm. I, I then... Um, steeled myself and said, right, I'm going to learn by other people's mistakes and I'll never make my own. Mm. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, I did learn by others' mistakes, but I learned from we a all, lot of my own. We all own. still make our own. <laughs> but um, plenty. Absalom misinterpreted David's lack of involvement as weakness. Mm. So he started to think, you know, if maybe I can do a better job at leading our family. Yeah, and no young boy has ever said that. No. You know, like, I could do a better job than dad, you know. And and he started to even think maybe I can do a better job of leading the nation. Yeah. So he was getting pretty high and lofty in but his he own head. But he had people talking to him like that as well. He was believing his own press, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, he had some celebrity there. He did. That everyone was like, oh, Absalom, you're so beautiful. You I know? think he might have had a bit, bit of charisma as well. He must have. It actually says in 2 Samuel 14, 25, in all Israel there was not a man so highly praised for his handsome appearance as Absalom. Ooh. So he was a pretty boy. From the top, it goes on to say, from the top of his head to the sole of his foot, there was not a blemish on him. Wow. So he was 
He me. was uh, model me. material. Hey, I'm really close on this one. That's, he was very similar to <laughs> you. Um, and whenever he cut the hair of his head... Okay, this is where I fall. <laughs> this picture. is where he's not so similar. <laughs> um, he used to cut it when it became too heavy for him, the, yes. um, the scripture says. And he would weigh it and its weight was 200 shekels by the royal standard. So that's just over two kilos of hair. Whenever he cut his hair, he would weigh it and it was just over two kilos. But, but think about that, how much pride he had mm. in that, that he would That he actually it. weighed it. Because we've had a few haircuts happen in our living room over lockdown. Yes. And I'm sure we're not the only ones. Over the last 18 months, there's been um, a couple of certain young yeah. men that have had their locks cut in our living room yep. and I'm happy to say that neither of them have Said, asked hey, me to sweep them up and weigh them. Where's the kitchen scales? <laughs> yeah. Sweep that up and, and put it in where you process your food. You know, I'm, I'm glad there I'm was glad, not yes. that, that level of um, pride going on <laughs> in our living room. So that, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> so yeah, he, he believed his own press. He yeah. had a pretty high opinion of himself. And he, he begins to pretty much kiss up to Israel. Yeah. And when people come to the king's gate to get their issues resolved. The grievances. He used to intervene and say, oh, I can, I can solve that for you. Don't, don't bother the king. I can sort that out for you. I can He's do got enough job. to do. Yeah, maybe I can do a better job. So mm. it says that he stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And the next thing we know, he's gathering an army around himself and he's plotting to overthrow the mm. throne. Mm. So, yeah. And then there's a battle that takes place. Yep. So David gathers his army, Absalom gathers his army, and we ju on. we're jumping ahead now to 2 Samuel chapter 18. And there's a big brouhaha. There's a big brouhaha. A big blue. A big blue that takes place. Mm. All, all because of resentment. Mm. And rejection that that was allowed to fester yeah. over over the years. Yeah. That what that was never resolved and never fully spoken about. Unforgiveness and a lack of discipline. Yeah. You know, that we're we're in mm. there. So second Samuel eighteen, verse six to eight, it says the army, which is David's army, marched into the field to fight Israel. And the battle took place in the forest of Ephraim. Ooh. There the army of Israel was defeated by David's men. The casualties that day were great, 20,000 men. Wow. The battle spread out. 20,000 men lost their lives over a dispute between a father yeah. and a son. The battle spread out over the whole countryside and the forest claimed more lives that day than the sword. That is prof that's a profound statement it that is, we just yeah. brush over. So mm. that... So them rushing through the forest, them riding through the forest, mm. whatever it was, it claimed more lives than the sword, than did, the that sword did that day. So yeah. this wasn't just a, a forest land or a, or a, or a, you know, a royal park mm. land. Mm. <laughs> this was a dead set, dangerous place to be. It wasn't a good place to be. Mm. And it's interesting because most battles back then would have taken place in an open, open field. field. Yeah. But for some reason, Absalom decided to take his men into the woods. 
which mm. is why it's always good to stay out of the woods. Stay out of the stay woods. Out of the woods. Yeah. Verse 9 of 2 Samuel 18 says, Absalom happened to meet David's men. He was riding his mule and as the mule went under the thick branches of a large oak tree, yeah. Absalom's hair, Absalom's hair. source of his pride, yeah. caught in a tree and he was left hanging in midair while the mule he was riding kept on going. So his pride was the thing that ended up catching him the out. The thing that he used to, every year when it got too heavy for him, yeah. he'd weigh it and cut it, or cut it and weigh it. And, and now it is the, the very his, thing that has caught him His undoing. Mm. His pride ensnared him. Ooh, well said. He was taken captive yeah. by his own self Hubris, his own hubris, his yeah. own just self-indulgent, yeah. self-centered um, perspective mm. on life. Mm. He really wasn't who he thought he was, and who others yeah. thought he yeah. was. Yeah, he'd never really sat down and spent that time. Like when he was in exile, he could have sat back and gone, "Hey, I've I've been a bit of a nong here. Mm. Um, I need to come back into line." Mm. But he didn't. He came back. To, to really force the line instead yeah. of getting back in line and, yeah. With an even more inflated mm. sense of self-importance. <laughs> no so, inflated. And when, you know, God chose David to be Absalom's father mm. and God has chosen fathers for us, mentors for us, role models for us. Yes. He's positioned them in that place of authority. And any time that we think we know better and that we don't have to listen to those people that God's positioned in our lives, yeah. that's when we start to go into that dangerous place. That's when we start to go into the woods. Exactly, yeah. When we, you know, we can get it, find ourselves hanging by our own hair. And, and we might feel that it's justified yeah. because of the our fathers have treated us a certain way or they haven't been around, you know, mm. like yeah. either by absence or by, you know, the wrong, you know, what we deem as it's hurtful or yeah. you, you've, there's something gone wrong there mm. um, that we haven't been able to, yeah, we've gone off the track. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, you know, when I was younger um, and I think I've told this story before, I, you know, when you turn 16, young boys, I think it's the testosterone and everything else in your, in your body and 17, 18, you think you, you know better. You think you know it all. You start getting into this mindset, you, you know it all and the frontal lobe hasn't kicked in and the hormones are really overriding because you're getting all, you know. And maybe you're a bit good looking. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. That was when I maybe snared there, my maybe wife. Maybe there's some people telling you that you're a bit of all right. Yeah. Like feeding your ego a little bit. Feeding the ego, you're good at maybe sport. You're good at or sport. You're good at maybe you've got some muscles. You, whatever it is. You yeah. Know. Maybe you can beat your dad at something. Yeah. Oh, wow. It doesn't mean you know better than him. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to my mum and I was complaining about my dad and I was like, oh, I will never do this when I'm a father. And I can't even remember what it was about. You mm. know, like it was probably just the smallest of things. Mm. And um, I was being disciplined and I didn't like it. I was, I was being interfered with because, you know, my, <laughs> I wanted to get my own way. And my mother made a profound statement. She said, if you turn out to be half the man that your father is, you'll be a very good man. Mm. And I'm like, what? You know, I, as a young boy, stupid, 
didn't understand. Sorry, foolish. Mm. I've got to stop using that word stupid. Foolish. Yeah. My behaviour was foolish mm. and childish and mm. I hadn't fully grasped um, life, my world perspective. Because this is the thing. We get our world perspective and what we believe about the world from our mothers and fathers. Mm. We're from a young age... Um, our fathers particularly are helping to establish uh, what our world perspective is. Mm. And if you haven't had a father, that will even model what your world perspective is. Mm. That's why we have such a benevolent father in mm. heaven who shows us what a true and pure and righteous world perspective is. Yeah. So, sorry, I'm taking away from where you, your story is at the moment. So. No, no, it's good. But it's important um, to honour. Yeah, yeah. That's why the fifth commandment is honour your father and mother. Yeah. And I think it's re it's really important to honour our fathers for what they were able to give us. Yes. And to on. forgive them for what they weren't able to give us. Mm, because, um, we, you know, all of our father experiences are different. Yes. I, ha I had a dad that wasn't around very much because my parents divorced when I was young. He was able to give me life, but he wasn't able to give me leadership. Mm. And there was a time in my life where I was angry at him for that because he wasn't around for, uh, for things that other people's fathers were around for. And I felt that there was a lack in my life because of what he, he didn't give me. Mm. But then as I got older, I learnt more about his father and I discovered that there was a reason why he was um, not able to give me everything I needed is because of the um, horrible childhood that he had. Yes. And it wasn't because he didn't want to give me what I needed. It was because he couldn't give me mm. what I needed. And sometimes um, there's only so much our fathers can give us, but we need to forgive them for that. Yeah. And we need to settle it within ourselves that whatever our earthly father can't give us our heavenly father can in abundance in abundance yeah. and so and he also gives us other people that are men Come mentors on. and role yes. models he gives us fathers relatives role models mentors mm. and when i look back over my life i can see the other men that god positioned in my life that gave me things that my father couldn't mm. give me. You know, they gave me the encouragement. They gave me the leadership. Mm. They gave me the example. Some of the teachers that I had and oh, the youth know. leaders yeah. that I had and yep. the men that I was able to um, see model a good example in, in church to me. You know, and we, and we need to be thankful for all those men that God places in our life that... Um, that give us what we need along our journey. Yes. And then ultimately our heavenly father who gives us, you know, meets all our needs according to his riches. Oh, come on. And we just think that's our physical needs, but that's also our emotional, emotional needs. Emotional, spiritual. The needs of our soul. He yeah. meets all those needs so beautifully. Yeah. And so we can spend a lot of our lives being angry or grieving over what we didn't get from people. Mm. But at some point, and I had to do this, I had to come to this place where we say, okay, I'm a, I'm a grown woman now. I'm a grown mm. man now. I need to go to God and get what yeah. I need from yeah. him. 
you know, I need to encourage myself in the Lord. Yeah. I need to find my feet and get what I need from my heavenly Father. And he's there with his arms open just waiting for us mm. to come to him to get what we need mm. from him. And I really admire that about you because um, you had every right but you took responsibility. You know, human responsibility has to trump human rights, you know, because we live in a world where rights, human rights, um, override human responsibility. Here we are in Mildura at the moment. We've, we've had a couple of cases, but we were able to deal with those COVID cases, mm. but we're still following the, the restrictions and limitations that because of the human rights mm. of others that yeah. we have to be shut down as well. We're not mm. given responsibility. We're just yeah. being enforced mm. others' rights over our own at mm. the moment. Mm. That is not an anti-government statement at all. That is an observation. And Kylie had every, um, you know, opportunity to become a man-hater and because of the way that she'd been treated. But... I'm glad that she became a Stephen lover, you know, very much so. <laughs> but there's, you know, you might have every reason to be broken, but mm. there is no good reason to want to stay that way. Yeah. There is no, you know, good thing that can come out of you staying in that brokenness. Yeah. So find the father who, who is the healer yes. and he takes us on that, that beautiful journey of wholeness. Yeah. And can I just be... Can I just say that um, if you're someone that has grown up in a really solid um, family, mm. you know, where you've had a mother and a father who've, who've really met all your needs, please be patient with people. That, that, you know, if mm. that's not their story, oh, this is well, um, well please said. be patient with them and, and don't judge someone for... Um, maybe a battle that they're fighting or a journey that they're travelling that you've never had to travel. Or and that, you don't understand. And it. you may not understand yeah. why, they're, why they're struggling with something for so long. But if you've never had to struggle with it, then encourage them and support them mm. and, and get around them and pray for them because they're on a journey of wholeness, just mm. like we're all on a journey of wholeness, but it looks different for everyone. So, you know, I've heard some people say harsh statements about people um, that are going through something it. that yeah. they've never had to face. Yeah. And the, f the fact is that they don't know the complexity of where that person has come from. Mm. And so God is doing a good work in all of our hearts and we need to be there for each other in, in that journey. And, and like you, to what you're just saying is like put your feet in their shoes. Yeah. Which is really what intercession yes. is about. Yeah. And isn't it just so amazing that the Father has modelled for us that Jesus intercedes at the right hand of the mm. Father, that the Holy Spirit intercedes through us. Yeah. Um, intercession is, is available to us all. Yeah. But we should actually be, you know, who's going to mm. stand in the gap? You yeah. know, because we all know people that have um, that have struggled or lost mm. um, parents at a mm. you know young age or yeah. whatever it might yeah. be or never known their parents yeah. or had and abusive parents even lead them to the father yeah lead them to Jesus yeah and and yeah. and for us to be that example mm. to them mm. um, yeah and can I can I say also to you know the the men out 
out there, like the the male teachers and, you know, men that are uh, ministering, the rec mm. leaders, the mm. um, youth leaders, you just by interacting with young people, you you may not realise the impact that you're having yeah. in their life. Come on. And I just want to really encourage you yes. that you're sowing so much goodness just yes. by being who you are. Yeah. Just by one word of encouragement, just just by um, giving each child or each teenager or each young person a moment of your time, you are sowing so much goodness and richness into their mm. heart. Mm. I just think about my grade three and my grade four teacher. I remember you talking <laughs> about Mr. And Bradmore. What, Mr. Like, Mr. Tat from Castlemaine and Mr. Bradmore and the the goodness that they sowed into me um, as, as a little girl that didn't have a father. Yeah. I'm so grateful for them. So for, the, for those teachers, for those youth leaders, for those rec leaders, you are doing so much good mm. and I just want to encourage you. Yeah. And I'm sorry for getting emotional um, and I'm not making it about me. I'm, I'm just thinking about all those other kids that, yeah. that so need those men in their lives and, and the healing that it brings. And, and not only children but, but actually adults as well yeah. that, are, yeah. that are wrestling with this. And, yeah. and look, I've, I've done some study during the week and C.S. Lewis in, in his book The Problem – of pain or with pain, and it's one of those. Um, he he said that he made a quote, and he he was a he actually was in awe of Freud. Um, Freud was the you know during the the late eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds. Um, he was such an intellect, and he he's the one that we get um, psychoanalysis from, and a lot of our psychology. But his family was that. quite <laughs> messed up, yeah. And it he. He himself, um, because he was such an intellectual and intelligent person, his um, thoughts have impacted modern society to an enormous degree. Um, it, it become very matriarchal because he his dad was forty years old when he was born. He had an uncle. Sorry, he was an uncle to a to a nephew that was a year older than he was. Yeah, his nephew was a year older than him, talking about blended families again. Um, but that Freudian mentality and, and spirit has actually impacted our society so much that we, we devalue male role models and we devalue the impact that, that males or well, men, that fathers, because we're all born male, but there's a choice to become a man, and there's there's actually there's a different yeah. shift when you become a father. And oh, um, I wasn't born male. And talking about pain, sorry, no, <laughs> no you, sorry. you weren't. <laughs> I know what um, you're, saying. you're very much far from that. <laughs> thank, thank you, Jesus. Uh, but yeah, mm. in this book about pain, he says, you know, like physical pain, we may get respite from at some point. You know, even momentarily, because he suffered with emotional pain, but also with physical pain. Um, that was C.S. Lewis, sorry. So did Freud, mm. both with emotional pain and with physical pain as mm. well. But they said, he said it in his book that physical pain we may get respite from, but emotional pain, where do we go? Soul pain, where do we go? And that's where he, he really emphasised the fact of the father. So mm. can I can I just share with you something that David said and it wasn't long after this whole incident with he through Psalms. 
He said, it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. This is Psalm 18, 32 to 34. Um, It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. Mm. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. And during our breakthrough prayer this week, um, this quote, I think this was a scripture that was being used and Ashley made a... um, a comment again about the the ibex you know the you see these antelope on the side goats that are on the side of mountains and they just so crazy stupid just run around up there and you think what's wrong with them they know they can do it mm. and they do do it it's so profound but he says he makes my feet like that even in areas that could be life-threatening he he just lets me be able to spring around and 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 care not carelessly but carefree you know move and he enables me to stand on the heights he trains my hands for battle my arms can bend a bow of bronze okay so he's talking about battle in here but I just um had a look at some of these areas and I I just started interceding and so I've got some statements that I, I I just want to make here between being a male and being a father and what the differences are I don't know if you if you know this or not, but it's actually the the male side of the union um, in Marriage. in in no procreation. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, that that it's the male that is part of the the, the union that assigns um, the the gender. Yep. So a male genetically assigns gender to his children. But a father reinforces the beauty and uniqueness of his child-assigned identity. A male can point a child in the direction they believe is most advantageous and profitable. But a father wisely guides and trains his child according to the unique gifts and makeup of that child. A male can enforce his will. It's my way or the highway. But a father disciplines his child so that they will discipline themselves. Yeah. See, that, that's the thing. Like, we all go on about mm. discipline. You know, I don't, no one judges me except God. And it's, no, even when we come before the father, it will be probably us that judges ourselves in the light of his love and his mercy. But, you know, none of us like, um, you know, discipline. Um, C.S. Lewis made this comment. He said, we want, in fact, not so much a father in heaven as much as a grandfather, a senile benevolence who likes to see young people enjoying themselves and whose plan for the universe was simply that it may be said at the end of the day, a good time was had by all. That (laughs) is not our father in heaven's mindset that he just allows us to have happiness. He wants joy in our life, mm. but but without. And this is something that is C.S. Lewis goes into in his problem of pain. We learn more in the pain times of our life. We expand more in the pain times of our life than we do in the pleasure times of our life. And those that have experienced pain will really understand. Yeah, I I have gold in my life because of those times, and that's where we get to thank the Father. Mm. Um, Hebrews twelve. Five to seven in the Passion Translation says, My child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God. Or get depressed when he has to correct you. 
For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves that you are his delightful child. Mm. See, most of us take discipline as a rejection or something like that. But it's actually as from coming from a father's heart. Oh, it, it, it's a hard thing to do to discipline. You know, you, you want like David to just, oh, just sweep it under the carpet because it's bringing back all these hard memories that I failed when I was a young man. And, and now, but now I'm trying to enforce that, you know, but um, when he draws, fully embrace God's correction as part of your training in life for he is doing what any love, loving father does for his children and who has ever heard of a child who has never been corrected there is some interesting state like um depth in the etymology of those words there who has ever heard of a child who has never been corrected and it's talking about you know without correction we're illegitimate children um and yeah that's how we stay out of the woods isn't yeah. it by heeding our father's correction. <laughs> stay out of the woods. Yeah, they stay out of. <laughs> but honouring our fathers. Dangerous. Stay out territory. of the woods. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a reward in that. See, mm. we think that honour. My dad did this, and my mum did that. But you know, we're, we're talking about fathers today. You know, my dad did this to me, or my dad didn't do this for mm. me, and so we think I can't honour him because of his bad behaviour, because it hurt me so much, mm. or. He, it was neglective or abusive. Mm. But that's not what Scripture's talking about. It, it says, honour your, your father and mother that all would go well with you and mm. that you will live a long life mm. and that you all will go well with you. So it's not about that it'll go well with your parents and even though they will still benefit from your honour in their life. Honour is about establishing something in our life that is going to be far-reaching mm. and it keeps us out of the woods, keeps us out of that dangerous area yeah. that, you know, is going to take lives more than mm. what, you know, even violence can. Yeah. Um, that it, it's, it's so profound. Just mm. fin finishing up on this because mm. I, I got some thoughts here because that thing about, you know, God strengthens me. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. And a male shows his strength. He can – that's what we're meant to do. You know, it, it actually even – you know, within men is the potential of violence. It's not that it's only isolated to men, but we're, we're meant to be violent for our family's sake, mm. not within our family. Yeah, we're meant to them. defend our mm. family. We're meant mm. to fight for them. Yeah. And that fighting isn't a, a physical thing. That fighting, if fathers, is praying for our children. Mm. That is the most powerful thing you can do. The battlefield is on the spiritual front, not just on the confrontational yeah. front yeah. of face-to-face. -face. A male shows his strength, but a father instructs his child how and when to apply that strength. Mm. A male can display aggression, but a father models protection. Yeah. A male can push his child to be strong and push his limitations in life, but a father guides his child to explore and understand healthy boundaries in life. He, I can walk like a deer in height. I can, he takes me to the heights, Scripture mm -hmm. says. A male can force his child to take risks, but a father enables his child to reach heights. A male will teach his child to stand up for themselves, but a father trains his child, regardless of ability, how to wisely choose their battles yeah. and where that battle must take place. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. 1 Peter 5, 5. Come on. Says the young men in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. Ooh. 
All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the oh, humble. And staying humble keeps us out of the woods. Yes. And it helps us to appreciate the people that God's put in our lives that have something to sow into experienced. You know, they've gone ahead of us. They've experienced more than we've experienced. And, yeah. and they have wise counsel for us. And, and not to just dismiss those people, especially when we're young. And even at our age, there are those that are older than us yeah. that we honour and that we learn from. So you're always learning from those that have gone before yes. you. Yeah. And to, to submit to those who are older. And if you're at that age where, you know, you, you think that you know better than those that are, that are older than you, let me give you a heads up, you don't. Yeah. And the sooner you learn that, the better, because it will save you get, getting yourself in the woods. Mm. It'll save you getting yourself in trouble because of your own inflated self-importance. Mm. It will save you a lot of hard lessons if you decide today that God has put people in your life to instruct you, yeah. to protect you, yeah. to put boundaries around you. And, you know, the sooner we learn to honour those people and listen to them, yes. the better for us. And isn't it funny that we, we're just like, I don't want people interfering in my life. I, mm. I want to I wanna go out and make my own mistakes. I want to make my mm. own way in life. And mm. it's like, no, 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 no. Don't it's, be foolish. No. <laughs> Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. But mm. the measure, the rod, the instruction of life will drive it far yeah. from them. Yeah. You know, like... Mm. It, it's not just the rod for beating. It, it's that rod of measurement, mm. that rod of guidance mm. and that rod of protection yeah. that, that actually drives that foolish childishness mm. from them. And, and you, may, you may be older and I, I'm, I'm believing as we're speaking that you're recognising some areas and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you at the moment and you're recognising, wow, I, I have just been so foolish Mm. I I don't I'm not, I'm unteachable. I've got mm. my own world perspective here, but I've never really sat down and under you know mm. really worked out, examined why I think what I think. Um, because Bill Johnson has a great statement. He says so many people say they study the word daily. He says I don't study the word. The word studies me. And that's where that, that light comes on in our life. Yeah. That salt comes into our life. Mm. You know, that, that yeast gets mm. into our life and transforms us and yeah. all those aspects of the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And not only that, it's a mirror to our lives. Mm. And, it, and it shows us who we truly are. And, and, and it's not that you say, oh, this is who I am and I might as well stay like this. No, no, no. In Romans it says, you know, don't follow the pattern of the world that just says, well, this is the way I am and you've got to put up with it. No, no, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's where it all starts, the renewing of your mind. And, um, yeah, I've got, I've got some more scripture. I know we're out of time. I just, I just want to... Um, I, I just want to read a, a couple of scriptures here. Is that all right? Sure. Don't, this is 1 John 2, 15 and 16 out of the Passion. And it says, Don't set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of this world. Mm. The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. 
For all the world can offer us the gratification of the flesh, the allurement of things of the world, and the obsession with status and importance, none of these things come from the Father but from the world. Mm. So there's so much in this world system at the moment that is just drawing us away from God. Um, and it's actually saying, you know, don't interfere with me. Don't, I'm going to live my life. This is my life. No, remember you had parents that actually in love brought you into existence. And that wasn't just by, the fa by uh, a father's will, but by it's actually the father's will yeah. that we're in, in existence. Following on in Hebrews, as I read from before in, in Hebrews 12, going on into verse 14, it says, in every relationship, and please listen to this today and, and absorb this, read this, hear it, and really allow it to get into you. In every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly towards holiness. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Please, I encourage you, encounter God, encounter the Lord today. But it, it comes through making that choice to not live in the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're, we're believing and praying right now that you're going to have a transformation in your thinking. Watch over each other, as Kylie was saying before, to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. You know, this is where he gives grace to us. And grace is unmerited favour and it's also empowerment to live our lives. And make sure that no lives were, uh, sorry, no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many, as Absalom did. You know, like going back to staying out of the wood. Be careful that no one among you lives in immorality. And as we touched on that recently, that is like breathing for the things of this world and our sensual life and, and not just sexually but breathing our, our, our breath, our existence is about attractions and, and getting alone with God seems to be just something that we, for the, many of us that do it, you know, we'll read a scripture and we'll journal something but have we really met with the Father or we, we go out and we say, oh, no, I can experience God in creation. But are you really listening to the Father? Because he is speaking to us at the moment. Be careful that no one amongst you lives in immorality, becoming careless about God's blessings like Esau through entitlement. He thought he was entitled to something, but he traded away his right as the firstborn for a simple meal. And we know that later on he, he, was, he wanted to inherit it, um, his father's blessing, but he turned it away, and even though he begged for it with bitter tears, for it was too late to repent. I'm so glad that it's not too late to repent. This is the day of salvation, the Word of God tells us. So right now at this moment, you know, we're talking about fathers, but do you know um, John 3.16, we should be all like, how, you know, God, our Father, how much he loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Begotten means that he, he was actually everything that the Father was. He, he wasn't designed in God's image. He was begotten of the Father. He, he, he had everything in him of the Father. That whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Won't be taken out in the woods but will actually inherit that eternal life. And Oh, it's amazing that C.S. Lewis says, well, we can experience eternal life here right now, but a part of that eternal life is eternal death. 
weird statement, but we're actually, when you look at it, that holy life, that life that is being purified, is putting to death eternally the flesh on a daily basis, realigning our thoughts on a daily basis with the word of God and allowing it to examine our lives and to expose things in our lives that um, aren't in tune with the kingdom of heaven. We're well over time, aren't we? Let's pray. Do you want to pray? I'm a father here today, so I'd like to have you to pray for fathers. Is that okay? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Yes. Father, above all else, we honour you today. Yes. And we thank you for the awesome for the awesome party. example, for the, the unconditional love that you've lavished on every single one yes. of us. Thank you, Father. And thank you for the example of a father that you are and the father that you are to us all. And, Father, I, I just want to honour the men that you've put in our lives today. I want to honour all the fathers, yes. all the mentors, all the role models, right. all the uncles right. and brothers and all, all the wonderful men that model the love of the Father. Mm. And I thank you for them, Lord. And, and I pray that they'll be encouraged and they'll be spurred on and yes. they'll be strengthened today. Yes. Lord, that you'll remind them what an amazing role they have. In, in whatever family you've placed them in, Lord. They have so much influence and they have so much to give and so much to offer. And I just thank you for, for blessing all the fathers today, for blessing mm. all the sons today, for mm. blessing all the men today, Lord, and, and just for encouraging them and spurring them on in love and good deeds. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for our families oh, and we thank you for the family, for the, the church, the family of God. Mm. Thank you, Father, for all the good things that you're going to do in families today. And pray that you'll be with those families that can't be together today, yes. Lord, that your love and your grace will surround them. Mm. Lord, I pray that you'll be with anyone that's lost a father recently, Lord, that, that your comfort will be with them, Lord, and that, that your love will be just so lavished on their hearts today. In Jesus' name, yeah. amen. Amen. Mm. Father, we just thank you for the stranger family that mm. are experience the loss of a of a nephew of a son of a father of a brother this mm. week tragically father i just thank you that right now that you can surround them with your love your peace mm. father i thank you that that you are the one jesus that you said cast your cares on me because i care mm. i care i care for you you are such an intimate god you are, you, are, you are closer than anything else in our life. So today, Father, I just thank you by your spirit that you will connect with those that are feeling lonely, that your presence would surround those that are feeling left out. Father, that you would just envelop the, the, the realm and the atmosphere around those that, that need a father in their life or need an injection of what a father really is. Lord, I thank you that you are the best vaccine, that you inoculate us against loneliness, against being orphans. You have accepted us as your children, your loved children. And right now, I just thank you for your discipline and training in our life because it brings out good fruit. It brings out gold, silver, and precious stones. Father, we just bless you and honor you today. You are the best father and you are an awesome Father, and we give you all praise, all glory, all honour, all majesty. 
Ah, oh, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.